Welcome to Two Cents FC. I'm your host, Amovi Kugo. Each week, we'll be discussing three topics from around the soccer world, and I'll be giving my thoughts from the perspective of a pro soccer player. This week, we'll be discussing Cristiano Ronaldo reaching a Billy and how Ada Hederberg's landmark deal signals that there's still a long way to go for football equality. Uh, we'll also be discussing why Barcelona considers next. Netflix, more of a rival than Real Madrid. That's real interesting right there. And we'll also be discussing Kevin Durant's purchase of minority stake in my old team, Philadelphia Union. As MLS, as MLS ownership seems to be the pathway to team ownership for some NBA players. Joining us this discussion this week, we have a special guest, Maggie Intim, founder of Trinity 3 Agency. Thank you so much for joining us, Maggie. Give us like your background, your, your scouting report. Tell us all about yourself. Sure. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm truly, truly honored. Um, I mean, it's, it's amazing, you know, to connect with uh, folks around the world, especially within uh, the soccer space. So I'm truly I'm honored for that. And as you, you know, mentioned, I'm the founder of Trinity 3 Agency. It's a marketing management experiential events um, company. We're also a soccer representation company as well. So I, I do represent a few players. I'm also an agent um, by day, if you will. So by day, I'm, I'm working on transfers, contracts, um, marketing deals, you name it. Um, but prior to that, I got my start years ago, about almost 10 years ago in the music business. And um, you know, growing up in New York City from Queens, I was surrounded by music and I fell in love with music and sports. And everyone's like, you know, you're a female and you're falling in love with male dominated industries. And I'm like, well, <laughs> it's New York City. Like, what do you expect? You know? So, I mean, like for, for me, I literally grew up two blocks away from Steve Stout. Anyone that knows within the advertising world or just in music marketing, Steve Stout is like your Cristiano Ronaldo, if you will. Yeah, he does being, you know what I'm saying? He does amazing, amazing work. Um, and so growing up around people like him and getting advice from guys like him and guys like 50 Cent and just so many different artists coming from my neighborhood, I was like, oh, yeah, one of these is going to take me to where I need to be, but I'm going to make sure that I pursue one of these careers. And so um, I then, you know, spent some time working for a couple of record labels like Universal Music Group, um, worked with about 220 artists, everyone from Drake, Nas, Justin Bieber. Um, I went on to work with 50 Cent for about three years with his record label, got a chance to help him build up uh, his boxing promotions company. And that was where I was able to really get sports experience because um, it was extremely hard breaking into sports if you didn't really know a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I was a person that was playing basketball, but playing soccer recreationally. And I just was like, yeah, I'd rather be on the business side. Something was calling me more so on the business side. And um, I then went to college, got a couple of degrees in marketing and finance and management. And then I went back to school and got my master's in sports management and project management. And I said, um, you know, I'm going to really break into the sports industry one way or another. And at the time, everyone's like, maybe you should be an agent. I didn't want to go to law school because I was already finishing grad school. So I was like, no, that I'm not going to do that. But if I wanted to be an agent, I would want to be an agent within the soccer football world. And so um, I then, you know, started 
getting my foot in the door. And I ended up working for Madison Square Garden, worked with uh, organizations like the New York Knicks on their sponsorship group, went on to the Tennis Association and did some sponsorship and partnership work there. And then finally decided to start a company um, after talking to a mentor of mine who is also an agent. He happens to be an NFL agent. And he's like, hey, I'm working with um, this guy. And I think this will be good for you to get some marketing experience with a player. And so I started my agency. And then I went back into corporate um, after taking some time off. Went back into corporate and ended up at Coca-Cola working on their sponsorships and for sports and entertainment. So got to work with companies like FIFA and MLS and got to see it from a different lens. But I, one of the things I kept noticing was that I was not seeing a female agent. I was always seeing representatives, whether it was from the brand or the club, but I just was not seeing uh, female agents, let alone um, a black female agent. And so I was even more curious to get into the space even more and, um, you know, help, help the players and athletes know that, okay, there's someone that actually looks like me who understands, you know, they, they understand my story and they're going to actually fight for me to get the right negotiations and, um, you know, or end up with the right club and as well as building a business for life after this sport. So, um, I then left and decided to put full focus into my agency. And the first client I was able to work with um, was Killian Amape on the marketing side. And we ended up doing some work around the uh, FIFA Best Awards. And it was the first project. And I was like, okay, cool. Awesome. This hold on, great. hold on. How were you able to get this <laughs> as your first project? How do you get so, Killian okay. Mbappe? He's like... <laughs> If anyone that doesn't know, know he's like person. the star, yeah, star boy right now, like next the big The hardest thing. person. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this is where anybody that knows me, people always call me the connector. And so they're like, Maggie's going to find a way to connect the dots. And so while I was working um, with Coke and I was at the World Cup in Moscow, uh, 2018, I happened to meet his dad and me and his dad are just talking. His dad is like, are you an agent? And I'm like, no, I'm not. And so I'm like, I work for this brand. This is what we do. You know, we do several campaigns. And I said, in fact, I want to do something with him um, for the France team because at that time I knew they were going to win anyway. So I was like, hey, <laughs> you guys are going to win. So might as well, you know, let's do a really cool campaign and whatnot. So um, we started talking from there and, and it was like a slow, you know, you're slowly building a relationship. It's like if you're dating someone, right? So you're, you're just taking your time to get to know that person and, um, Finally, when it came down to the Best Awards, which was a year later, his dad then said, hey, um, you know, this would be a cool project for you to work on. He needs um, a stylist. And I was like, oh, okay, great. Because I'm in the middle of Milan and I'm trying to find a stylist. But luckily, I have relationships in the fashion world. So I was able to make some things happen for him. And from there, his dad's like, Let's talk about, you know, the next steps and what else was going on. And it was interesting because in that same week, I had to, I had a whole nother project from a whole nother uh, client who was based in London at the time. Um, and that client happened to be uh, Jaden Santru. And so, you know, with relationships, um, knowing Jaden Santru's uh, agent, they wanted to do a really cool activation with, uh, EA for you know the FIFA cover and 
literally was going from Milan to London to say, okay, boom, let's just make do it happen. This activation and get it done. And everyone's like, are you an agent? Constantly, constantly being asked that question. No, I'm not. At that time, I was just, I guess you could say a marketing guru. And I'm like, man, I keep getting asked this question over and over and over again. And um, from there, I was like, yeah, I'm going to definitely do this. And a lot of different players were like, I think you should because you're offering me great advice. You're helping me with my contracts. And, um, you know, I think you should pursue it. And so I had decided to pursue it and fast forward to 2020 here we are that's amazing and you work with clients all over the world so yes so i so i have those guys that i deal with on the marketing side and then i have uh my first my first client i signed on the representation side is actually um usl championship defender for charlotte independence hugh roberts so hugh roberts um was one of my first guys that i signed on, on the representation side um, super excited, very proud of him. Uh, I've been a fan of his for so long and um, it just, it only made sense. And so from there started kind of like, you know, it's like a snowball effect. You sign one and then other people start coming and other people are hearing like, wait, now you're on the player representation side. Oh, this is awesome. So yeah, there's a lot, a lot of stuff um, in the works, but I'm super excited. And I'm, I'm even probably more excited about the support from, you know, the community. So uh, that's what it's all about. And thank you so much for sharing your story. I think you're a great ambassador for what it takes to, you know, make it in the sport, especially as a black female. We don't see a lot of that. So, um, you know, but you're going to be think a we, hero. We rarely see that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we rarely see that. And, it, and it's hard. And, 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 I, and I'll say this to the women that want to be agents, please do it. You know, even if you feel intimidated or you, you feel like at some point you're not, or even if, you, even if you feel you're not going to succeed all the way, you, you'll succeed by just trying, by just taking that step to try it. And don't ever let anyone tell you that you can't do it. Exactly. So shout out to, we need more Maggie and Tim's, more Nicole <laughs> Lynn's, all that. We need more Black female agents. Um, so with that being said, let's get into these topics. I know Elle got some good topics this week. Um, uh, let's get into them. So let's jump right into it. Topic one, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is the first footballer to reach $1 billion in earnings. So according to Forbes, Cristiano Ronaldo has become the first footballer in history to become a billionaire during his career. The 35-year-old joined Tiger Woods and Floyd Mayweather as the only athletes to accumulate $1 billion while still active. Um, the Juventus star made $105 million before tax in the last year, taking his total over a billion, over the billion mark. He's said to have made 650 million in wages over his 17 years as a professional, with the rest made from endorsements. He has been tied to a lucrative lifetime deal with Nike since 2016, and is attached to several other big name brands, including his own CR7 brand, which has a fashion and lifestyle line, hotel chain, and a museum. Nah, this is amazing. Uh, first and foremost, congrats to Cristiano, a different level. Um, I feel like he just sets the tone when it comes to brand. You know, um, I was reading, doing some back research, uh, Forbes, they said he like, he's the highest um, followed athlete on Instagram. And so that, like that alone, it speaks to like his endorsement uh, credentials. And I'm sure you have a lot to say about this, Maggie, but I want to ask you like, 
which soccer player do you think is next in line to reach a billion? Uh, where do you see this going, you know, from a brand perspective, like soccer players, not only globally, but like stateside as well? Wow. That's a very good question. Um, I tend to think about that a lot. Um, man, if I, if I had to say a player that would be next in that case, well, because if we're looking at on and off the pitch, I would probably say Neymar. I would say oh, Neymar you think from Neymar a beats global... Messi? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I would, and I say that because, one, he's younger. He's younger. Um, I mean, to date, he has the, the highest transfer rate, right? So that plays a big role in it. Um, and a lot of his endorsements are are different because it, it's not just about a boot deal. You yeah, know, he, and he has a lot of ties and a lot of work that he does in his community in Brazil. So that's, that, that's kind of where I see him being the next, you know, he could be the next, but I could be wrong because I, I can't leave out my guy in my face. That's, you know, <laughs> I, I feel like in honestly, I tell him that all the time that he should be, you know, he's, he's going to be there. He's, he's definitely going to be there. Um, but I would say Neymar for now. Um, stateside is interesting because with when we look at MLS, <laughs> it, it like I don't really find too many players that are really using, as I like to say, their platform um, for those type of opportunities. And I could be wrong, maybe because I just don't know. But I really spent a lot of time studying that, and I I haven't really come across too many players that are into that. Now I will say if we're talking about if we're talking about USL and, and just MLS as a whole, I would have to say someone like yourself, maybe, honestly. Because um just even what you're building is amazing. And I'm like wondering if other players are catching on to what you're doing. No, that means a lot. And like I think it's important to realize that, you know, Cristiano's Cristiano. Like he played for mm -hmm. Man United, Real Madrid. Mm -hmm. Juventus mm -hmm. like I would love to see like the analytics behind Real Madrid's like ratings when uh when he left because like mm -hmm. he has that much star power but to your point you know like whether it's MLS USL um you, maybe you're not going to reach a billion but 500,000 a million 200,000 like it all yeah. matters so yep. it speaks to like understanding like your brand soccer is a global sport like L lives in Atlanta I'm from California we wouldn't have met each other if soccer wasn't you know, like something keeping us together. So soccer is the like, one thing, the one sport that connects people. And if soccer players, whether whatever level they're at, understand that, um, they may not get a billion, but they're going to get some. They're going to get some. They're going to get some. I mean, they're going to get somewhere. And one of the things like with me and my agency and, and all of my clients, because I, I represent not just athletes, but I also work with brands. Um, I've worked with a lot of companies to where, it's almost like, well, so in extension to my agency, I have an investment group, small investment group, and I've been building this for years and working with different artists and athletes on helping them invest. So guys like the late Nipsey Hussle, we've done a lot of great investment deals, like with companies like Lyft and Invest and, you know, other um, projects like co-working spaces. And so whenever I sign an athlete or work with an athlete or entertainer, that's usually one of my first questions is what is their like five-year plan for after 
they decide to stop either making music or stop um, playing in their field. And some can provide an answer and some they don't because they really are not thinking about life after that. And I say, well, even while you're playing, it's okay to, you know, set things up for that. And when you look at guys like Ronaldo, that's what he has done. He has played his entire career, but everything is like a chess move. So strategic that he is good. Just the fact that he's got a lifetime deal, it's like he's straight. You know, he's he's, he's he's straight. And I wouldn't put it past if he has any kind of ownership that we all don't know in one of these clubs. And if not, that's probably next. If he says, okay, I'm going to retire in the next maybe one or two years, don't be surprised if it comes out the same year that he actually has ownership in, you know, I don't know, Real Madrid or something. And that's why it's like it was nothing even though he left, but he still has strong ties to the club. So, um it's, it's just really looking at those things. And I, and I really do hope that a lot more athletes pay attention to, no, that's amazing. to setting that up because it's uh, so important. And then, I mean, speaking to like all athletes, I know the next topic we're going to talk about Ada Hederberg. So El, give us some, give us the rundown on that. Yeah. So on the heels of the news um, with Cristiano, Norwegian women's national team star Ada Hederberg signed a 10 year, $10 million deal with Nike. Uh, so according to Yahoo Sports, um, Nike announced Monday that it was signing the Norwegian star to a long-term endorsement deal and reportedly make around $1 million per year for at least 10 years. So this is still not in the ballpark of money given the male players of her caliber. It's a big deal for women's soccer and considered a step in the right direction in terms of equal pay. So a little bit of background on Hederberg. Um, she's one of the best soccer players in the world with four consecutive Women's Champions League titles and six consecutive French Division I feminine titles. Um, since joining Lyon in 2014. She's also the winner of the inaugural Ballon d'Or Feminine, the women's version of the Ballon d'Or, or like the world MVP trophy of like world soccer. Was she the one that skipped the World Cup for equal pay? Well, she was injured, but yeah. Oh, she, okay. I see. She's, uh, she's rehabbing her knee right now, I believe. Okay, well, I think it's amazing. First and foremost, um, Shout out to Nike because they're doing a lot of great things in terms of, you know, obviously they messed up with how they handled the Allison Felix situation. That's tracked. Um, this is focused on soccer, so we're going to get on that. But I think they're trying to make amends. And, um, you know, with everything going on, for them to, like, you know, put their money where their mouth is now, um, it shows they're making steps to, you know, growing the game. And... Hegerberg, she's a baller. I mean, her accolade speaks for herself, but like I've watched a couple of those Leon games and like, yeah, she does, she does her thing. So uh, I'm excited not only for, um, you know, women to get paid um, what they're, what they deserve, what they're worth, but more exposure means more growth. And I had the fortunate pleasure of playing for uh, Portland Timbers and, you know, we, we would play on Friday nights or Sunday uh, afternoons, and then the Thorns would play either the day before us or day after us. And when I'm telling you there wasn't really a difference in crowd level or crowd noise, um, it goes to show you that there's a market for women's soccer in the States, around the world. And it's important that people don't, you know, take that lightly. Because, you know, people, there's lots of jokes to be made, but, like, there's a, there's a market for it, and people actually like watching it. 
So I would love to get your thoughts on that, uh, Maggie, like, you know, not only the deal, but like the growth of the sport, because I know you represent a couple, uh, you know, female athletes as well. So, so presently at the moment, I don't represent female athletes. Um, however, that is an area that I'm definitely looking to work with a lot of female athletes. So kudos to her team for that, because one, that's game changing. It's a game changing deal. It's, it sets the tone for, for not just the gender pay, you know, um, disparity and, and what's been going on within the U.S., but it really shows that, honestly, when you look at a lot of the brands and footwear companies, it's like Nike really is that company. Um, and I don't know if you guys know this, but, you know, she was actually under contract with Puma, like still literally in contract with Puma. <laughs> so they so, basically lured her away. to so, come. And I'm like, so you're saying Puma, Puma fumbled the bag then? Basically. They they pretty much did. And, and shout out to Puma because I love my guys over there. I love my guys at Puma. But damn, Nike is just, I mean, that's that that's a home run. What what they did, that's that's amazing. Amazing. Um, and like I said, it sets the tone for for a lot. Um, and I think now for so that's on the brand side. Now from an agent side. If I'm representing players like Crystal Dunn or, um, you know, I don't know, Tony Presley, I'm walking into Nike like, so can my player get a 10-year deal? Because that's, that's new. That's something new. You know, it's something new. It's, it's game-changing. It sets the trend. It, it's almost like it would almost be similar to a lifetime deal, but... That's the longest deal. Because if you if you guys think about it, have you ever heard of any woman's player ever having a deal like that? Even from the national team? No, not 10 years. No, for exactly. sure not 10 years. Exactly. Sure. So it so it changes the landscape of, of these deals now. So now players that are obviously on her level can, you know, walk in and negotiate a really good, a really good deal. And, yeah, it, and it just sets the tone for for a lot too, because within that market where she plays, and and then of course her, you know, like where she's from, um, it just opens up the doors for people to maybe if they were not fans of Nike, or you know, they could be more of a fan of another brand. They're now a fan of Nike. I I just want to know how did Nike lure her away, and why didn't Puma like did did did, did Puma fight for her? That like that's what I'm trying to figure out because. <laughs> Damn! It's like when I when I heard about it, I was like, man, man, that's yeah, um, uh, bidding wars, bidding wars. That's, that's honestly, crazy. that's probably one of the best deals for 2020. Honestly, that's one of the best. That's one of the best yeah. deals for 2020. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to see what happens from it. But uh, speaking of bidding wars and you know game changers and new deals, uh, L, take us to our next topic because I'm excited about this one. I'm really interested to see. Uh, where this one takes the future of sports and viewing. All right, so Barcelona has a new rival, and it's not Real Madrid, it's Netflix. So Barcelona is launching its own streaming service, Barca TV Plus. So according to Yahoo Sports, Barca TV Plus will be available globally, will cost around $5.60 a month, um, and the service will stream replays of all Barca men's games, live first team friendlies, live women's team home games, 
live reserve team in youth games and assorted offerings from the other sports the club competes in. We'll also have original shows like a docu-series on the women's team, a kind of a sports game show hosted by men's team star Antoine Griezmann, and a fictional series about its academy, cartoons for children and intimate profiles of the top players. So at launch, Barca TV will have more than a thousand hours and 3,000 videos available. And it also has an archive, um, an archive component to the platform, which will include every first team game from the last five years, as well as 65 historic Barcelona games and compilations like Leo Messi's best and unseen practicing youth academy goals. So according to Didac Lee, um, who is a board member and he's responsible for the club's digital presence, um, he says, our business model evolved from a sports club to an entertainment company. We created Barca TV Plus in order to have a direct relationship with our fan base. We have a huge fan base of well over 300 million on social media. So when it comes to monetization, um, it flows through more than just subscriber fees. Um, they're serving their fans directly and they'll be able to give the club a new a new spin by having that proprietary data, of having them under um, a streaming platform and owning their platform. So um, they get for, far more detailed data than they do um, with social media and they can convert that into revenue. So an example of this that was given was um, the ability to deploy highly targeted advertising on its fans. So imagine sending a user of the platform who has just rewatched the 2011 Champions League final and offer for a retro 2011 team replica jersey and perhaps a discount code for their birthday. So I think that's this, huge. This is an absolute game changer. Um, I remember we were talking off uh, off record on this, L. Like, what other clubs do you think could do something like this? And um, I really feel like Barca being the first one to kind of make their own streaming platform, it's it's perfect because it sets the agenda for other teams to follow suit. Um, obviously, having like a star player like Messi, once in a generation type player, um, helps them with the timing of it. Like I would, I would subscribe. I'm not even a Barca fan. I would subscribe just to see the youth videos of Messi. So I want to get y'all y'all's thoughts on like like. Would you guys subscribe? Like, where do you see it going? If there's like another team that you would like want this from, who would it be? Like, let's dive into this because this is really exciting for me. Very exciting um, for me, having a lot of, you know, involvement with athletes and sports tech. So tech is like an industry that for years, I'm like, man, everyone better pay attention and get into it. So for Barker to say, we're going to create our own streaming platform basically is genius, genius. So not only is it a revenue generator, but it also offers more exposure and heavy, heavy, heavy fan engagement. So the fans are going to be so engaged because there are people who are diehard Barcelona fans. Oh yeah, they don't play. <laughs> Die hard. And I think even with that, with the platform, I, I think um I, I know they have some like free subscriptions for like certain I, I forgot what I what it was in particular, but I know it was saying something about there's like a lot of free offerings for people. Obviously, once you pay for that subscription, um, so you can't miss it. Like it, it's it's amazing, amazing, amazing. When I think about clubs that I could see doing it. Definitely um, PSG, Paris Saint-Germain. I think it would be great if they decided to do that as well. Um, I think clubs like Arsenal, Man United would be awesome. Um, definitely Real Madrid. I mean, Real Madrid would be 
great for that. And I think even, I wouldn't even say a, a club within Bundesliga, I think the league as a whole. I think certain Ooh. leagues should start looking at saying, okay, we're going to adapt that same model. And I say that to say because with a league like Bundesliga, to me, that's the perfect league for players that, you know, need that further development. And so that's why I, it would be hard to kind of pick one club within that league to do it. Um, and definitely on the women's side, absolutely. I think the women's league as a whole should definitely think about think about this. And if you think about it, right, if all these clubs or at least leagues had that same type of model right now during COVID, <sighs> subscription would have been skyrocket because uh, everyone's yeah. missing football. Everyone's missing football. They're missing soccer. So it, it would be amazing. But yeah, it's, it's game changing on their side to, to do that. And um, I, I believe it's going to be successful. And I believe that more clubs will follow and probably more, more leagues will look into it as well. I feel bad for like, uh, like, like you said, um, Barca uh, says their biggest competition is Netflix. I feel bad for like Netflix, Amazon Prime, especially YouTube. Like yeah, Liverpool had the deal with YouTube. It's like, now nah, we can do this on our own now. So it's like, it's, I feel like it's going to be saturated, but like this is a great way to niche down on your fan and your fan base because they're going to want to see what their teams are going through. Um, it's really and, interesting. And, not even, and, and to add one more point to that, um, be, I would they could step it up a notch by not only do you own all the rights to that, but you could kind of create your own behind the scenes content. So I don't need to partner with Netflix or Amazon to create a documentary about Barcelona or Real Madrid. We have the subscription model where you're paying for exclusive behind the scene content. So you yeah. want to see what these players are doing. You want to see what Messi's doing prior to, or how he warms up, or maybe if he has a certain playlist that he listens to, you can access all of that as a member, you know? Like, it's almost like you're a yeah. member and you're getting that exclusive content. Yeah, Net Netflix and the rest of those um, streaming companies may be, um, they may be in trouble. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be weird. I just, like, with, with this own streamers, you can do so much with it. Like, it makes me excited, like, if I want to get into the sports business space, like, handling that space would be like amazing like you could do like mm -hmm. camps like drills strictly from the players like and the only way you're going to get it is if you stream to our platform exactly like, oh my gosh. it's like but that's what i'm saying just vir virtually because yeah. think about what has happened in the past few months with this pandemic but if i had a platform and i was already subscribed to it i get exclusive content like uh, I get to watch the players from from the streaming service. I get to watch the players that are playing, you know, behind closed doors. But we get to see it as if we're right there, you know. So I agree. It's um. And also to kind of chime changing. in on that. Also to kind yes. of chime in on that. I think this would be huge for growing MLS in the U.S. Um, if MLS took kind of like an NFL approach and had like MLS films. And they mm -hmm. kind of created created content and documentaries and content like around all the teams in the league. It has sort of like a hard knocks type of program every year. So it's a different team every year. I think that would do wonders for like growing the game in the in the US. I'm I'm shocked they haven't already done it. I know LAFC yep. did like a little thing with YouTube. I know Houston did a little thing, but like like you said, they need to have that like year after year. Like Amazon does all or nothing, or HBO does hard knocks. And, like, that's a way to, like, gain the exposure. Like, those little clips and stuff that, like, tra transfer across YouTube and Instagram and Twitter, those are the things that were, like, 
will entice fans and people that aren't fans to like really tune into MLS and soccer in the States. Yeah, and, and very true, very true. And the, I'm telling you, the behind the scenes, that BTS is so critical, um, especially in a sport like soccer. And, and L, like to your point about MLS, I couldn't agree more. Um, I think it even does wonders for the younger players, like on the development side, because you don't really get to see those players as much and you don't really know, you know, too much of what's going on. And, and the, the younger guys from like the academies and stuff, that those guys are the future. So yeah, it's that's cool true. to see it. I know, great segue. L. I mean, you, you're a master with this podcast thing. So, you know, we <laughs> talked about MLS. Um, one of the big basketball stars just bought into my old team, Philadelphia Union. Uh, talk about that. Give us a rundown. All right. So Kevin Durant buys a minority stake in the Philadelphia Union. Um, so according to Sports Business Daily, the Nets forward um, has purchased a minority stake in the union between somewhere around 1% and 5% according to um, an unnamed source. Uh, it's unclear if Durant's investment in MLS team is a personal one or through 35 Ventures. Uh, I'm assuming it'd probably be through 35 Ventures, a business he co-founded with partner Rich Kleiman. It's also unclear if the union, if the union's USL team is part of the deal. Um, so Durant in the past has tried, he, twice he's tried to buy into DC United, which is his hometown team. He's from the DMV area. Um, but for some reason those deals didn't go through. Um, and he also joins Houston Rockets guard James Harden, who purchased a 3.5% uh, stake in the, in the Dynamo Group, which owns the Houston Dynamo, the Dash, and the BBVA, and BBVA Stadium. Um, he joins him as an active NBA player with ownership in, a, in, a, in an MLS franchise. Um, I think he also joins uh, Steve Nash as well, but he owns part of the, uh, the Whitecaps before he retired. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Steve Nash owns uh, a, a portion of Vancouver Whitecaps. And um, for me, I, I, I'm really excited about this deal. Um, I'm shocked that DC wouldn't let the hometown kid, you know, invest in the team. But for me personally, as a fan of, you know, NBA and obviously the growth of the game in soccer, I think Kevin Durant with everything that he does off the field, you know, the things that he does within the community, it, it, it's going to help grow the game. Um, people talk about the pay to play structure in the States. Um, they're not really getting the culture, you know, the minorities in soccer at the youth level. Um, I think this is a great way, especially in the Philadelphia demographic, to kind of let that happen or make that happen. And uh, I'm, for one, and excited, you know, even though it's a minority stake, um, there's still different ways for him to get involved in a large capacity. And I'm excited to see what happens from him. I'm interested to hear you guys' thoughts. Absolutely. Um, very exciting topic. Um, once again, huge advocate for athletes making those moves. I think I'm going to look at, all right, I'm going to play this from the one side of, I know he was trying to get, DC United for a while. I remember reading about it and then, you know, I'm not sure exactly what, what happened with that deal. Um, I think it's great that he, you know, has that investment in Philadelphia union. I also feel like that maybe could start to have someone like, mm, let's say Meek Mill, who's from Philadelphia, want to start making that investment into uh, Philadelphia union. Um, but let's also remember, too, where this trend really started from guys like LeBron and Steve Nash, you know, LeBron having his ties with uh, Liverpool. Um, of course, what we saw last, last year um, with 
Russell Wilson, who came in with him and uh, his wife, Ciara, and what they've done with the Seattle Sounders, that's an amazing, amazing, um, you know, just ownership situation. So it's, it's, it's really cool to see these players saying, okay, I want to have, you know, one to two uh, or three percent in this. And I really want to see more. I want to see more guys doing this. We need you to get me some deals like that so I can I can I can I can make something like that. Happen. <laughs> of course. I want to see more guys, but I'm gonna be honest with you. I wanna see and I wanna see more soccer guys stepping up to saying, okay, we are we have ownership, or after we're done playing, we have ownership in a USL club, uh an MLS club, or you know, a club overseas or whatnot. Um, or even if 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 you said a movie, like I wanna I want to have some ownership in like, you know, I don't know, the, the Sacramento Kings. You know, it's like, it's, it's nothing is impossible. Nothing well, me, is impossible. Me and Elle have already talked about owning that MPSL team of some sorts. So it's going to happen. Right, okay. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, we have it on this nothing podcast. Nothing is impossible. <laughs> nothing is impossible. But I think, but honestly, Kevin Durant has been, he's been making a lot of moves lately. And um, shout out to Rich. Rich is a good friend. And he, you know, they, they've been doing some amazing amazing work um and so I, i'm excited for what's to come for that and i agree with you know you guys as far as the growth of you know this the sport even more in america and let's see if it's going to have a huge impact you know especially in a place like philadelphia union where you know we see people are coming out to the games and you know more guys are taking ownership and it's not just about ownership though there's a lot more right like it's not just oh i have two three percent stake in this but i'm i'm doing a lot whether i'm doing um summertime at camp you know he can do stuff with like the philadelphia union maybe the um development the academy you know he can even say okay maybe i want to do something with the academy versus like i don't know a couple of basketball plays during the summer any anything but i think it's good it's yeah, I know deal. he's big on. I know he's big on donating courts. Like he's done a uh, yep. a number of courts in different, you know, mm-hmm. underdeserved communities. So if he's like adds a, like a soccer maybe aspect develop to that. a pitch. Yeah, maybe exactly. maybe develop a pitch in um in a place like Baltimore or you know what I'm saying those areas where there's a lot of kids that love to play soccer but they don't have their own pitch to call home. So I don't know. K- KD, if you take that idea, you know, I'm going to just need my percentage after hearing this. <laughs> so. No, that's that's great. Uh, El, you got anything on that topic? No, it's just it's just dope to see. Um, I want to see more players, like like Maggie mentioned, I want to see more players get into it, um, and we'll see what happens. So who, who do you guys think would be the next player to kind of jump into this pool? From which sport? Basketball, uh, football? In any sport, let's let's play let's play it like that. Any sport. Oh man! Jump into MLS ownership. Mm. Oh, that's a good. That's you know good who question. should? I think baseball. I think if I'm a baseball player, like I, I would get into it because most of those guys could afford it too. Yeah, if I had to pick one athlete right now, I'd say in. Um, oh, that's a good one. I, I'm giving it to Jimmy Butler. I think he's, mm. he's he's been making like slow moves. He like he's involved with soccer. Um, I don't know which team if he goes like the Miami really? route. Jimmy Butler, that's true though. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Or you know he goes like tries to get in some some way, shape, or form because if only if it's only like one percent to five percent, like 
Like he can make that happen. Um, I wanted I would I wanted to say like a Russell Westbrook, but he has his own. Like, I was thinking that too. I was he's thinking doing that fashion and stuff. So yeah. Oh, I, I mean, like you got Joel Embiid. Like there's these foreign players too. Like I don't know. It's tough. I'm yeah, trying to match Steph. it with like different I cities. I got one. In. Yeah, Steph could jump in. I think Floyd Mayweather definitely. Oh. Floyd Mayweather for sure. And if I'm not mistaken, I actually heard that he was already inquiring about that during his trips throughout Europe. So I wouldn't be surprised if, um, yeah. I, I yeah. definitely, I put my money on Floyd for sure. I say Floyd Mayweather. Um, I'm over, you had some good choices. And I think, Al, you said um, Steph. Yep. Yeah, you know what? Now that I think about it, yeah. I'm, I say Floyd, and then if I'm talking basketball, I'm gonna say Steph Curry. That's good. I think I think Steph is he's, he's doing he's got he's doing something with the HBCU stuff. So he's bringing HBCU sports back, which is great too. No, well. that's a great. Yeah, um, these guys. I mean, it's it's so many, it's so many guys doing amazing things, um, and we need more. I'm just a huge advocate for more athletes. Like, there's enough out there for everyone. And I feel like if, even if they form a group or or something and, and they say we're going to invest in a couple of different areas, I like, yeah, definitely Floyd and Steph and those guys for sure. Um, yeah, it's going to be real interesting. A lot of American, you know, private equity, VC firms are all looking into soccer deals and, you know, the athletes are following suit as well. Absolutely. So, Maggie, I hope you're ready. We have this new segment, uh, this rapid-fire segment of the show where we get your opinion on minor topics worth noting. We call it no card, yellow card, red card. L, give us the rundown, the rules, <laughs> how we go about it. Okay. So, no card, yellow card, red card. So, no card means it's cool, I'm with it, I agree. Like, I'm feeling that idea. Yellow card is, ass. Eh, it's a little bit of cap, but... <laughs> you, know, you know, we can let it go. Um, red card is, you know, absolutely no. I'm not feeling that. I don't like that idea, etc. Right? So, let's I'm jump excited. into the first I'm one. ready. I'm ready. <laughs> All right, let's jump into the first one. No card, yellow card, red card. Jaden Sanchu and teammate Manuel Akanji fined by the German League after getting a haircut in their own respective homes. Neither of the players nor the barbers were wearing any personal protective equipment. Maggie, what you got? You go first. Do the honors. Uh, hmm. <laughs> I'm going to say... I'm going to say red. I'm going to say red. Well, actually, no. I'm going to say yellow. Because, wait. Which one was no cap? Well, which one was cap? No cap? Cap? Yellow. Red? Yellow. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm going to say yellow. I'm going to say yellow. Okay. Any particular reason? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna say yellow. No, okay. I'm gonna say yellow. Oh, I, I'm, I'm definitely giving that a red card. I don't know why you are filming yourself getting a haircut without any gear in your own home. Like you just show up the next day at practice, get a haircut, and tell them like you cut it yourself. Like you could easily lie. So I had to give him a red card. Like you just losing money, you know. Especially you know me as a fool athlete, I don't like losing money. So that red card for me. Of course, but it's like you in your own home. Like, are you serious? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Protocols, protocol. Man, I don't know. <laughs> they could at least throw on a mask. Like, yeah. Could at least a mask. But you in your <laughs> house, like, 
Especially if you like, if you Snapchatting it, if you Snapchatting it and like put it on your Instagram stories, you know people are watching. <laughs> you know that's getting know. screenshotted. Yeah, that part is. Yeah, I'm I'm still yellow on that. Okay. I'm still yellow. <laughs> still yellow. <laughs> All right. No card, yellow card, red card. Megan Rapino and Kristen Press opt out of the NWSL Challenge Cup. Mm, wait a minute. Let me see if I'm getting this right. Well, that's a... Wait, red is what? Not not with it? Yeah, you're not with it. If it's a red right card. The, if the yellow um, card is like, um, Asomenos, no card is like, I'm cool with it. Honestly, and please, people don't hold me to this as an agent. No card. No card. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm, I'm no, no card. card on that. She's standing. For, she's standing. They're, they're standing firm on, especially Megan. She's standing firm on her beliefs, and I'm not mad at her at all. Yeah. No card for me either. Shout out to Megan Raponi. Um, funny backstory: I used to play against her when I was younger. She had her. She played for one of the older uh, club uh, club teams on the women's side, and our coach was their coach as well. So our group under twelve, we used to always scrimmage them, and they would they would ball on us. It was so funny. Um, and, <laughs> like she she had a, she had a squad on her squad. So uh, uh, Sacramento's finest. Amazing, amazing. All right, next one. Uh, no card, yellow card, red card. U.S. Soccer Federation's national anthem policy. So no kneeling during the national anthem. Um, it's recently been voted to to be repealed, but just the fact that it was in place in general. That's tough. Hmm. You, you want to go first, man? <laughs> I gotta tread lightly because I'm I'm certified by them, so they could um you know they could easily remove my uh, certification. So I. Just going to um yeah, I'm gonna lead on the yellow. No, no, no. Honestly, um I yeah, I I, I want to say I'm red all the way with that one. Um I really feel like it shouldn't have been put in place to begin with. There should have never been a policy. I mean it's it's, it's America and yeah, there's a lot more I can say, but I'm 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 gonna say red on that one. I'm gonna say red. Yeah, uh, I, I think I'm gonna have to agree with you. I, I wanted to say yellow originally, but then like <laughs> yeah. looking at the information, I was just like, um, like there's no rule. It's not like there shouldn't be a rule about it. You know, it's more of a like a, a understanding or tradition mm -hmm. that people usually do. But it's not like you have to do it. You know, like it's almost like wearing your baseball cap during the national anthem like that's frowned upon you know kneeling is a little bit different obviously kneeling you're standing up for something that you believe in so people should have that right so for them to have it in place like it's like a rule um it's a little bit you know a little bit iffy but to, to speak on it i'm glad they you know came around and repealed it absolutely couldn't agree more that was the best news i heard that that they decided to um, you know, get rid of it. And I mean, it's unfortunate, like, you know, the situation that has happened for, in order for them to say, okay, we're going to, re you know, remove this, but just the fact that they're doing it, it's, it's a step. So it's better yeah. than not doing it, but I'm still red on that one. 
Yeah, they almost didn't have a choice at this point. Like, <laughs> they're already in hot water for other things. Exactly. So. Yeah. All right, we're, we're going to move on. I don't want to get you in no trouble. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, right, so, I'm going to be like, listen, it was Al and the Robies all there for all all right, so last one. No car, yellow car, red car. Eintracht I'm I'm Frankfurt wears Black Lives Matter on their kits in place of a normal shirt sponsor for the match against Hertha Berlin. Yellow. Oh, okay. I need the explanation. I want to hear this one. I'm giving it a yellow card. I think... Um, well, yellow is like what? In between, right? I can't yeah. get anything confused. Yeah, so yellow. Yeah, yellow is a foul. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm in between with that because on one side, I feel like it's great. It's a nice gesture. Um, but on the other side, I'm feeling like outside of, once again, these current events and what has been going on, we've we've had situations similar like this. So why wasn't this done way before? And why is it happening now? And that it's happening now, how long is this going to last for? Because most of this, to me, it's looking really uh, for the moment. It's, it's for a look. So I would love to, to know if their plans are to keep this going consistently. Um, and if, they, if it is consistent, then I can move to a no card. But as of right now, I'm yellow. Now, I mean, yeah. you bring up great points. Because I was originally like, no card, play on for sure. Ad- advantage. Right. Like, but then I was like, the way you think, the way you, you talk about it, I'm gonna have to give it a yellow card with a light warning. Um, I just think because mm. it's in Germany, you know, I feel like mm-hmm. they're doing more than they're doing more than you know some you know teams from the states when it comes to like bringing awareness. Very um, true. I would love to know more information if like they're donating the like if people are buying the jerseys, are they selling them and like donating a portion or all of the the proceeds to you know different organizations that highlight you know Black Lives Matters. Um, but from that perspective of they're like a club all the way in Germany and, you know, voicing their opinion, I give them kudos to that. Um, but also like in the sense of, are they just using it as a moment to, you know, kind of being good gracious and like kind of take advantage of, you know, uh, a negative moment and turn it into a positive. So it's like, you know, one foot in one foot out. So I, yeah, I, I'm going to have to right. go with the yellow card as well. And, and, I mean, I just couldn't agree more. Like, that's kind of how I feel about everything. I, I just feel like it's it's a lot of it is temporary. Be- and it's great that you want to show solidarity. And yeah, you know, we, we have shirts that have Black Lives Matter, but let me see what the board looks like. Let me see what your front office looks like. Does your, does your front office have at least one of us, you know, in there? And so that, to me, that's why I said if if clubs are leaning towards that, or they're going to do something like that where they're saying, okay, hey, we're going to actually hire maybe um, an African-American or, or a minority coach, then I can move it to a no card for sure. But that, I don't know. That's a great point. And um, I'm definitely going to have to do like a, another segment on this with L. but um, um, I'm not sure if you guys tapped into uh, Aguchi Onyewu and Demarcus Beasley's podcast, but their latest episode, they talked about that exact thing. Like, oh, uh, yeah, it's cool and all, but, like, let me see what the board's looking like. Like, yep. GMs, coaches, mm-hmm. front office position. And they was they gave a good rant. Um, um, so if you guys yeah. have time to check like, that out. 
I think it's, <laughs> it's just start at the 48 48 minute mark of their <laughs> the podcast. Yeah. And you guys will you guys will be like, oh, okay. The they, had, they had they had some time today. So yeah. So, yeah, we um, talked. I was telling L before we even started with the podcast. Um, I have a podcast myself with a, another agent, and we talk about what it's like being a female agent, being a a male, two African Americans, and and the struggles in our experience. And, and we have an episode dropping, um, talking about these issues, and how it would be nice to see. Um, these things change, especially within the soccer space. It's the number one global sport in the world. And so I, I think it's I think it's just it's good that we're seeing players take a stance, but there needs to be more. So I don't I, I don't need a club just to retweet what this player said. <laughs> no, seriously, like I don't no. need a club or a league to retweet and say we hear you and we understand you and we stand with you, but it's like off Twitter off of social media, are you really standing with me? And if you're no. standing with me, once again, that's where we start looking at the boards and we start looking at um, front offices and, and what does that look like? If, if you're really making that change and you're really taking it serious. Yeah, that's facts. And uh, that's it with, um, that's it with um, the no card, yellow card, red card. That's it with the episode. And we really appreciate you, Maggie, for jumping on. We really appreciate you, Maggie, for jumping on. So with that being said, uh, um, we're definitely going to have your podcast in the show notes. But for for us, please subscribe, rate, and review. It helps us get discovered. Follow us, follow us on the socials, at uh, Two Cents FCs. We just hit 100 subscribers on the Instagram, growing like crazy. Shout out to L on that. Tweet us your comments on the show, any topics you want me to discuss on the show. Uh, we got we we got you for it. You know, we got the weekly podcast. We got free kicks. You know, we got all we got it all. So, with that being said, we appreciate you guys tuning in and make sure you guys um, prepare for next week. And thank you guys so much. Uh, anytime.